Welcome to Like Trees and News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. This is so weird that you're in the room with me. I'm joined today in person for the first time in well over a year, Eric. Oh, my God. This is weird. I'm so excited to be a part of your first Vax cast. I don't care for it. <laughs> I don't it's like strange. having somebody in the room with me. I don't like that I had to get dressed. Mm. I don't like it. Can uh, should I just like should I give you a little delay every now and then? <laughs> just a little like Or just be like, "What?" <laughs> or just have some like siren what in the background that what I don't that? understand what's happening? What? Uh, uh, <laughs> no, you go. You you go. No, I was just in the middle of a joke. You go. <laughs> you go. Um, how are you? Ah, uh, I'm uh I think well. <laughs> well is probably the best. It's like, I'm not unwell, but there's a lot going on. Okay, so you immediately have to explain to everyone why you are here. Because you don't live here anymore. I don't live here anymore. Uh, and being here is the weirdest thing. It's so strange. I mean, you haven't been gone that long. Well, here's the thing. I'm in a sweet spot right now where I came back and everything's very familiar. Sure. But I've been gone long enough that it doesn't feel like home anymore. And you were also like, how did I ever put up with any of this? Yes. This is a nightmare to live in. I'm so instantly stressed and overwhelmed and I hate it. Yeah. I got here and was instantly like, what? For sure. What what did I do for five years? I have no clue. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We were traumatized. Yeah. You Uh, were traumatized and uh, (laughs) broke and yep. unhappy and scared yes yeah that's that sums it up yeah <laughs> when we got down to north carolina i got like that first breath of fresh air i was like oh this is what okay i just had a visceral flashback because my traditional setup for my little podcasting nook mm. everybody i'm breaking the fourth wall a little <laughs> bit is i have a little mic stand yep. with uh, a pop filter on it and I just sort of talk into it just like a desk mounted mic. Sure, sure. So because Eric is here, I was like, well, I can't do that because that's bizarre. I can't look at you if I'm <laughs> that doing that. That would be hilarious. Imagine if I had just done that <laughs> and not communicated with just you that I was going to do that. Faced away from <laughs> me. <laughs> Don't look at me. Don't <laughs> fucking look at me. Uh, so I like took the, the mic out of the stand and immediately had a flashback to a mic <laughs> or a show <laughs> right, right. in which you do that so mm-hmm. you can talk to the audience. Right. And I was like, oh, my God, the sense memory of that was insane. Yeah. So I'm still reeling from that a little bit. Um, but the reason I'm here, yes. it's, you know, what's funny is that every time I've had to tell people why I'm here, it feels more insane to tell them why I'm here, oh, which is that it's fully <laughs> insane. So I had a friend that uh, lived, uh, not near me, but we were friends when I lived in Alabama before I moved to New York. Oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah. We were friends in Alabama. He moved to New York a year before me. Is he rich now? He is not rich. Really? He's like... But they can afford to... He's doing to well. He's doing well. Okay. Okay. Um, I wouldn't say rich, but he's, yeah, he's doing well. Okay. They have their own apartment. Okay. Uh, so he... He moved to New York before me, um, and then just, like, the last, like, two years I was living here, I would watch his dog every time he went out of town. Sure. And I got, like, pretty good, you know, with his dog, and we had, we had a little bond going. So they were going on a big road trip, and they were having trouble finding someone to stay for that, that period of time they were going to be gone. So he was like, I know this is insane, but if I paid for it, would you come to New York and watch our dog? See, what's so wild about that to me is 
you couldn't find anybody in New York City <laughs> to stay in your apartment. Like, people are desperate right now. <laughs> getting laid off. And I'm like, they just wanted you because they know you. Oh, well, I think that was part of it. I think they were trying to find people, but then it was sort of like, well, now For we example, have I would have done it. Right. I think it was, I think that's part of it too, is like, because they're going to be, this is probably the longest that they've ever been gone, like away from the dog. And yeah. they're like, we want that's to know right. that somebody that knows the dog, because it's, like because it is insane to fly somebody <laughs> up to watch your dog yes. uh, or to apartment set. Right. Either of those things you would mm-hmm. have a thousand people lined up to do. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think there was a part of that where it was like there was like a comfort level because I've just watched her so many times at this point And she's kind of a uh, she, she doesn't have special needs, but she's a special needs dog. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's a 15 Chihuahua mix. Uh, no teeth, mm-hmm. very ornery. Mm-hmm. You're also describing Penny, who's on your lap right yes, now. Yes, yes. That's kind of the animals I attract to me. <laughs> You're putting out those vibes. <laughs> We're yes. like elderly animals mm-hmm. are like, I'm safe. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I don't have teeth. <laughs> I'm totally helpless. But yes. he seems aight. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we've just been chilling. She's a handful. She loves... I've never... This dog loves to eat so much Great. to the point where multiple times throughout the day, she just starts licking the floor hmm. to get something. It now, does she already eat a lot she eats or sh- could she like eat more? Is she hungry? Should she, she be eating more? She could eat more. Okay. She probably should should not <laughs> right okay i get you <laughs> yeah i get uh, you no no she eats she eats the recommended amount okay um, queen wants more yeah she hey, wants more she's 15 you know what fucking letter <laughs> at that point i let the cats do whatever they want at this point i've been feeding them fresh fish because they've been demanding it and i'm just like okay like i go to the store every day for my cats yeah to get I them s- fresh fish i saw your tweet the other day that you like, got them salmon yeah, they ate salmon right before you came over. Okay, guys, that's why Eric's here. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a little bit of a longer uh, pop culture section because, oh boy, I have new Patreon supporters. Oh, snap. Thank you to John and Robert and Chris. As always, please message me if Patreon is telling me your government name and not your chosen name Ooh. because I will have no way to know the difference unless you tell me. Um, it sucks. I, I hate that Patreon does that. You know what's so funny to me about Patreon is uh, how big of a platform it is and how bad the UI is. Oh, it's terrible. I was like, how have you have to have money to invest in updating this website. Oh, my God. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I have no control over anything. If if ever you're like, this is so annoying, Patreon does this, I'm like, I agree. And I have <laughs> no control over that website. So before we get to your comments, questions, uh, recommendations, uh, because I just posted for my supporters over at Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny, you have the whole month to post on that thread any basically anything you want to say. At wow. this time we are accepting ghost stories, 
Okay. General weird shit that has happened to you. I describe that as your go-to party story. If mm. you're with a group of people you don't know, but you're like, this really fucking knocks people's socks off when yeah. I tell them this story. Everyone's I want to hear got your one. Everyone's, everyone's got, one, got one. And if you don't have one, if you're like, oh, I don't have one, always have one in your pocket. If you don't have one, go outside. Go live your fucking life. Go, go do something weird. Go do something crazy. Go do something You got to have the one back pocket story yes. when things get you know, weird and awkward mm-hmm. and you're like, gotta impress these people. I gotta yeah. Story. Those stories come in hand. Or even if like you're standing with coworkers to be like, Hey, this is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Remember standing with coworkers? Uh, no, <laughs> at all. <laughs> Never. Uh, so before I get to all of that though, I just have to say, I found out something the other day that really rocked my world and I'm still recovering from it. I learned do you remember Dunkaroos, Eric, yes. the snack? Yes. For those who don't remember, maybe you're a little younger than us, first of all, how dare you? How dare you be younger than how us? How dare you? The other day, someone looked at me and said, I was born in 1993, and I said, get the hell how is away that from me. So Dunkaroos were a snack that you would mm-hmm. put in your child's uh, lunchbox, and it was comprised of a little crackers in the shape of a kangaroo. Yes. And some delicious pure sugar dipping sauce. Yes. That was like chocolate or vanilla, right? I think they had several flavors. Okay. Uh, chocolate is what I remember. So I learned the other day, and I will shout out this podcast from the Doughboys. Okay. Yes, love the Doughboys. Love the Doughboys. I believe it was Doughboys. <laughs> if it's not, <laughs> I'm just giving them credit for something. Still shout out Doughboys, even if it's Doughboys not. Doughboys are great. <laughs> love that show. So uh, the Doughboys were talking about Dunkaroos and found out that the little cartoon Kangaroo Jack mm-hmm. is voiced by John Cameron Mitchell, a.k.a. Hedvig and the Angry Inch. I do not know what that means. Really? <laughs> you don't know Hedwig? No. <gasps> that is beyond <laughs> the pale. So everybody who everybody other humans listening to this podcast, <laughs> you know Hedwig. Uh John Cameron Mitchell, who's also in Shrill. Um Okay. He played uh AD Bryant's boss. Oh, okay. Yes. Um he, he's That's amazing. He's been a, a huge, huge personality on Broadway forever and a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but he played the original Hedwig and Hedwig and the Angry Inch. You should watch Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I will You and I will, Faith I will should get, watch that. I will get on that. Yes. You'll both love it. Mm-hmm. Um so I post this and I'm losing my mind. I'm like, I today I learned this and without being hyperbolic, I am now transformed as a human being and <laughs> having this knowledge. Dunkaroos retweets me and goes, wow, I love this. Like they didn't know. Like they didn't know. So uh, listen, and I know it was probably like a 22-year-old intern who was just like, get the fuck out. <laughs> like some some gay boy, right? Was yeah. like, knows who John Cameron Mitchell is, first of all. Right, right. Knows who Hedwig is. And is like, wow, get the fuck out of here. But I'm like, Dunkaroos, know your history. Right. I'm mad at everyone. I'm mad at them. I'm mad at you <laughs> that you don't know what Hedwig is. I'm flipping out. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, how amazing. Hedwig was like the voice mm. of this generational defining product for us. Dunkaroos. That's amazing. You know what, from my perspective, the craziest part of that story is that Dunkaroos is still active. 
Yeah, well, you know why. And the reason that Doughboys was talking about this, God, I hope it was Doughboys. <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts, guys. Um, but they were talking about how uh, hipsters are trying to bring back all of the snacks of mm. our childhood, but they're all like updated and changed. So right. they're less unhealthy. And it's like, what the fuck is the why point of that? What, why would you just eat regular Dunkaroos? But even like regular Dunkaroos are different now. Right. Those they just update the product, you right. know? Yeah, of course. So it's really hard, actually, to find the original Dunkaroos that we had of course. as kids. But they were talking about like that nostalgia factor right. and how like, but now that sure. it's like a marketing thing with hipsters, right. everything's like a little elevated. Like right. instead of like you know uh, it's like a whole wheat cracker. Gross. Why would yeah, I want get that? the fuck out of here. Yeah. I want Who the trash we ate as children. The funny thing is, if is if you could find original Dunkaroos, mm -hmm. they would be perfectly preserved. Oh yeah, no mold. <laughs> if you if there's you, no real food in it. If you found an actual package of Dunkaroos from like 1992, it would still be perfect. It yeah. would be in perfect condition. Twinkies and Dunkaroos mm -hmm. are all that's going to be left <laughs> after the apocalypse. Mm. And cockroaches. Right. Okay. So just needed to vent about that. Dunkaroos, know your history. Yeah, come on. What are <laughs> you doing? Come on. So Christina writes in over at my Patreon. And I love this. There was like a pride theme going on because we are in the month of June. Sure. So Christina writes, it's Pride Month, so I'll share a story of my first Pride. I'm just going to give everybody a heads up. I thought this was going to be like a fun little jaunt. <laughs> and uh, it's not. It's it's actually sort of like it, um, like Christina writes it really well, but it's an example of um, perhaps not a supportive parent. Ooh. So it's 2016, and I'm kind of out bisexual queen on vacation with my ultra-conservative, conspiracy-loving, born-again Christian mother and my little brother. Okay. So I'm in immediately. I'm like, right. Christina, mm -hmm. oh my God. We're in London together for the first time in my life, and I'm living my Shakespearean fantasy. Love that. I love the way that's written. Mm -hmm. I ditched my brother and my mom because my brother seriously is not cultured and just wanted to go to Piccadilly Circus, which is not a circus, but just a shopping center. To get Nikes, Piccadilly Circus is like Times Square. So yeah. they're in London, and he just wants to go to Piccadilly Circus. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Why would you, you, like, this is the thing that bugs me sometimes of, like, New York, I kind of understand. Because I, there, I don't. Like, there are, there are stores that you can go to in New York that you could not go to other places. If, why would you buy Nikes on vacation? You yeah. buy Nikes. It's like going to McDonald's. Yeah. 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 Um, I decided to just walk around London and talk to locals and see where the day led to me. Led me to, I'm sure they mean. Well, lo and behold, the UK celebrates Pride in July. And I walked into the largest Pride festival and parade I could have imagined. <laughs> Literally so many queers in wedding dresses about to get married. So many drag queens and rainbows and everything but the kitchen sink. Well, while I'm living my best life, I notice that there is a protest on the opposite side of the festival, and there are a bunch of people with Bibles and signs that say, fags must burn. And then there is another group just holding a pride flag in front of them. I get through the crowd, and who do I see with the protesters? My own mother. What? Debating one of uh, the fellow queers about their <laughs> morality and how the rainbow was stolen from God because God's God owns rainbows, apparently. So, yeah. I'll never forget that my first Pride was in London and that my mom decided to join the protesters <laughs> and doesn't recollect me being on the opposite side of her. 
So I love this so much because I love how it's written. Christina, you're a great writer. Um, and I love that they took this like potentially uh, not great moment. Right. And uh, reclaimed it into what is honestly a great story. It's a great story. I, I love that it's like a, a terrible but very like sitcom type situation. Yes. Where neither so of you are going to the parade. Nobody had an intention to be in a pride parade that day. You split up. Yeah. Did not know where each other were. And then met back up <laughs> to have a very different take on the day. I also, you know what's so funny to me is, I, I don't know why this stuck on my mind, but there's something so funny to me about, um, and they do this, is like a super ultra conservative, patriotic American visiting London. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like, this is supposed to be the thing that you hate. Right, right, <laughs> yes. Um, and then the other Pride message I got was from Brian, who said, for my own Pride Month contribution, I'm going to share all the wonderful LGBTQ, including non-binary, content creators I follow on YouTube, along with drastically oversimplified summaries of the content they produce that definitely doesn't do them justice. A couple of these people I've recommended before, uh, in case they sound familiar. Uh, so there's, and I apologize if I mispronounce any of these, Diamanda Hagen, who reviews uh, exploitation films, obscure horror films, Doctor Who, as well as videos about the Franklin Expedition. Uh, H. Bomberjai, politics essays with dips into pop pop culture. Ooh, Brian, this is long. Um, Jama Dodger, reactions to memes, takedowns of transphobic ads and articles. Jessica Kelgren Fozard, queer history, disability history, occasional baking videos with her wife, Claudia. Tell you what, um, this is a great list. I'm not going to read all of it because it's very long. But if anybody wants uh, access to this list, you can either find it at my Patreon or if you can't afford to sign up at my Patreon right now, give me a shout. I'll screenshot it and send it along to you. Appreciate it, Brian. It's just too long to read on the show. Um, and then Jennifer writes in, okay, this isn't really a ghost story, which Jennifer is the best way to get my attention immediately. It's mm-hmm. not really a ghost story, mm-hmm. but the building I work at is over 100 years old. Jennifer, this is a ghost story. I'm just going <laughs> to let you know. <laughs> and a lot of people that have worked in this restaurant claim they see a tall man out of the corner of their eyes. This is also my sleep paralysis. Mm, That's exactly what happens to me. The kitchen manager believes in ghosts, but was also there repairing and renovating a bit uh, when they were closed during COVID spikes and didn't see anything. I'm planning on looking up old property records. Yes, Jennifer. And news stories for what will probably be unfruitful, but fun. Exactly. And also, you might find a story about <laughs> a died in that <laughs> building. And I will lose my goddamn mind. Thank you, Jennifer. And just a reminder, yes, we are always taking ghost stories. Um, I love that Jennifer was like, I d- this is not really a ghost story, but several people have seen a man that's not there. Who has seen a ghost, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Right. Uh, let's see. Do I want to read one more? Sure. John, who's one of my new supporters, so we'll definitely read this. Just joined to toss in this podcast recommendation after listening to the episode at lunch, like I often do. I recommend the podcast I Don't Speak German, 
The Anti-Fascist Podcast by Daniel Harper and Jack Graham, which monitors the far right and their enablers. It's not easy listening, but it's well done. Daniel and Jack are very good hosts with good chemistry. Daniel is American and Jack hails from the UK. I like to imagine... Oh, I like that we're getting into John, how he imagines the host. (laughs) I like to imagine Jack as a suave, cigarette-smoking British Army officer with blonde hair and a red para-beret. And Daniel, as an American GI, battle-weary, buck sergeant in fatigues, carrying an M1 uh, Garen. They look nothing like this in real life, but hey, this is my fantasy. Um, John, I don't know how to break this to you, but you are writing fan fiction. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what fan so fiction is. So get right? these thoughts on paper and get a huge following online. A more mainstream recommendation would be Robert Evans, Behind the Bastards. We talked about Robert Evans in the past. I think somebody else, hold on. Do, do, do. Yeah, okay, so I got to read a comment after this that might or might not be related to Behind the Bastards. <laughs> I listen to Behind the Bastards. I like Robert. Uh, I'll, I'll get into why I'm hedging so much mm-hmm. in a second. Mm-hmm. Robert is a former writer for Crack.com. Rest in peace. Cracked podcast. So good. Pod faded too soon. And examines some of the worst humans in history week after week. Robert often brings on guests who react to his topic, not unlike the way Dollop does their show. Also love the Dollop. Mm-hmm. Um, lastly, you might enjoy God Awful Movies, a comedy podcast that skewers Christian and other religious cinema. Think We Hate Movies podcast, only more narrowly focused. That's interesting. I've never heard about them. God Awful Movies, have you heard about them? I have not. I was just thinking every time I'm on the show with you, yeah. I am left struck by the sheer amount of content that is in the world. Some might say there's too much. Some might. <laughs> so Jennifer wrote in, uh, here to recommend Mythic Quest. Everyone is watching Mythic Quest. I've not heard of this. I gotta I watch this. this. I actually have to write this down. <laughs> I'm saying this. <laughs> that was like a peeking behind the curtain where I'm like, I actually have to write down this <laughs> recommendation. Um Definitely has that fast-paced humor from It's Always Sunny, Rob uh, McKennelly, and David Hornsby. Also, Mm -hmm. Danny Putty from Community. All your recs from the last episode are stuff I'm watching. I watched Girls 5 Eva in one sitting. That's exactly what I did, Jennifer. Have you seen that yet, Girls 5 Eva? No. You got to watch that. Okay. Um, I can do that. Also, I want to wreck your tweet about the shitty pot. Okay, so I subtweeted. Not specifically behind the bastards, but they are definitely in this camp. Mm-hmm. The uh, trope of a smart dude pretending to be a buffoon, putting his lady producer in the position of constantly having to create the structure for the show. Okay. Like, she always reminds him when to throw to ad breaks. Yes. And he's like, what? I'm so stoned right now. And it's like, you're an award-winning journalist. You're mm-hmm. not that fucked up right <laughs> now. Um, so... Jennifer writes, uh, so, so she just like wrecked my whole little rant about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes, sorry, I don't really do Twitter. And I think it was a few weeks ago. So I paraphrased. And then she wrote behind the bastards. I'm looking at you. <laughs> Listen, it's a good show, but he definitely puts his lady producer mm-hmm. in that position constantly right. where he'll like threaten a politician and she has to be like, no, 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 no. And it's constantly <laughs> like, you did improv. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where the woman always has to straight man in the scene. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's it's like a mixture of that and like the uh, the like the sort of um, I don't know what to call it the uh, Sherlock Holmesy like 
genius guy who's a mess. I think, you know, I think they all want to be Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. So they're all like, oh, man, I'm so fucked up all the time. And it's like, first of all, I'm sure you are fucked up a lot. But also, like, you're obviously a very smart guy, very Mm -hmm. organized, very good at your job. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be, like, responsible and not put everything on your lady producer. Um, Listen, maybe Sophie, lady producer, enjoys being in that role. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to speak for her, but... It, I've just seen it a lot on podcasts, and yeah. it's like it's tired. I think that's another thing too for like people who are writers or artists or whatever to like not want to be organized or professional because then you're the man. Yes. Yeah. Right. A hundred percent. Like you don't want to look too corporate. You don't want to look too polished. You don't look like you're trying too hard. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, which is fine, but I'm just saying it's been done, and it's it, and uh, we don't need to do it anymore. Yeah. Am I gonna do recommendations too? Yeah. Let's fuck it. Let's just go along. Um, Why not? This is, this is it's Vaxcast. my show. This is Vaxcast, baby. Vaxcast. So I want to strongly recommend to everybody, but especially you, friend. Okay. Have you seen the Vast of Night? No. My God, Eric, have you heard about the Vast of Night? <laughs> oh my it God! It's vaguely familiar, but no. All right, so you. How was I ever involved with any arts I community? I don't ever. know. Did I you get any references in any of the improv scenes <laughs> you ever did, <laughs> or did you just stare at people and you were? Did you just shrug? That's how good I was at improv. I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I get that one. <laughs> Uh, so the Vast of Night, I believe, is on Amazon right now. I don't even want to give any context because okay. the way it was recommended to me, which was on a podcast, mm. the the host was very much like, it is so weird. I don't want to even tell <laughs> you what it's about. <laughs> I, I think that. you should go in blind okay. and just know nothing about the characters or what happens in the film and just watch it. It's a movie. It's, it's a, a film. movie. Okay. It is a film. Um, and it is... So strangely immersive. I was talking with Meredith, mm-hmm. a frequent co-host of the show, and it's very immersive in the way that like the best video games are immersive. Okay, it's got such a a feel right. that like the time and space it's in. Nice. Um, and the community feels very real and tangible. So Great. I highly recommend the Vast of Night. I also recommend Rutherford Falls, which is another comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, also on Peacock, I believe. And uh, Ed Helms is in it. Uh, this is about the community. It's about um, a man who is like seventh generation <laughs> leader yes. of this community. <laughs> and it's about uh, him coming to terms with who his ancestors were and why mm-hmm. they should not have a fucking statue right. of one of his ancestors. Yes, yes, yes. I've seen um, that. But there's also a lot of like. Uh, Native American uh, actors in the show as well who are excellent and it's really, really funny without being like after school special. (laughs) Um, I never feel like it's like a boring lecture, which is good in a comedy. I like that. Yeah. And then finally, this is a horror movie recommendation. St. Maud is great and is about a young woman who uh, um, is either a saint or a lunatic. <laughs> and you don't really know which one until the very end. And I think they nice. do answer it at the end. 
But um, again, I am biased, so I might just be interpreting it that way. <laughs> but it is super creepy, it really like viscerally disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a lot of body horror, so just trigger warning with that. Right. And uh, yeah, really well acted, really well shot, deeply disturbing. Uh, all the good things that a horror movie should be. Nice. Eric, do you have any recommendations that aren't a uh, uh, a show that has been off the air or been <laughs> on the air maybe for 20 years? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I have, don't think do so. Do you consume any new media in lockdown? Uh, I must have over the past year. Someone, You must have like wandered into a room at some point (laughs) where someone was watching a new thing and you were like, what's that? Yeah, I can't, but I can't. Yeah, I mean, I watched, um, have I recommended this in another show? I don't know. The last thing I remember watching that was like new um, was uh, the series Manhunt. Okay. Um, The first season of Manhunt is about uh, catching the Unabomber. Oh, okay. What is Uh, this on? uh, Netflix. Netflix, right. It's called Manhunt. Uh, It's like a, it's a dramatized like miniseries based on true events. Um, So the first season was about catching the Unabomber. Second season is about catching Eric Rudolph. Okay. Um, And like the whole Richard Jewell saga and -hmm. all that stuff. Super good. Mm-hmm. I th- I can't remember if we talked about it or not. In the second season, the one about um, Eric Rudolph, the guy who plays Richard Jewell is the guy who plays Ed Kemper in Mindhunter. Oh, okay. Yeah, Cameron. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's great. Incredible. Yeah. He made me, I cried at him playing Richard Jewell. It's super oh, good. He's so good. I just saw him in something that was like very, oh, uh, he was in Shrill. He's one of the love interests, and it's such a funny storyline, but essentially they get set up on a blind date because they're both fat, Mm -hmm. and she's very, like, offended, obviously, Mm -hmm. because it's like, we have nothing in common other than we're fat people. Like, why do you think we're just going to get along? Um, And then he ends up being the best, (laughs) Um, and he's just very sweet and likable, and I'm like, this guy can do anything. He's so good. I think he's a comedy guy. I think that's his background. I think he is, yeah. Um, Um, He's super good, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I haven't. I, I don't know why. I just don't like watch a ton of like new stuff. I started going. I actually did the opposite. I started going back and watching old stuff. Like I started. I re, I I went back and I started rewatching. For some reason, this is like sticking in my mind from a kid. But I started. I started rewatching the practice. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> total throwback. Yeah, I was like, for some reason, I like watched the practice as a kid. <laughs> that is strange. It's so weird. I'm and writing I, that down as your recommendation. <laughs> the practice. Oh my god. Well, I no. You know, I started watching. I remembered it because this is actually new. Although you're not going to say it's new, but it's new. And it's not new. I can already tell. Uh, so there's a new Law and Order series. Old. No, it's new. The series Old is new. Old franchise. <laughs> Old. Um. I love Law and Order. Yes. So oh. Elliot Stabler okay. from SVU yes. was off the series for 10 years. Correct. He's got a new series. And he's pursuing the mob 
Yes. Yes. I've Blood heard about order, this. Organized crime. And the reason I've heard about this, and this is specifically a recommendation for you, although I guess for everybody because it's a great show, uh, That's Messed Up. Have you heard that podcast? No. Oh, my God. That's so uh, it's hosted by two very funny comedians. I'm spacing on one of their names. <laughs> um Liza's one of the the okay. Lisa Lisa mm-hmm. uh, is one of the hosts, but um, yeah, it's a Law and Order SVU podcast. Okay, where nice. they go episode by episode wow. and they unpack the plot, but they also um, they <laughs> Kara and Liza okay. Lisa. Oh my God, why do I keep saying Liza? Um, but Lisa Traeger, you know her. She's a stand-up comic. Yes, that sounds familiar. Uh, yes. So she's so funny. She, like, I'm a legit fan of her. But So they uh, summarize the podcast episode, and then they uh, um, talk about the real-life cases that inspired the episode. Oh, okay. So it's nice. like true crime yeah. slash law and order uh, fangirls. But then they have a guest on. So okay. they just interviewed B.D. Wong. What? Yeah. They got B.D. Wong? They got B.D. fucking Wong what? on. Um, oh, my God. So they have, like, major, major guests yes. come on the show, too. So you Incredible. should definitely check out. I will. That's oh my God. Up. Yes. Yeah. Um, I can't wait till they get iced tea <laughs> on the show. Um, yeah. that I will check that out. That sounds yeah. great. Um, but, yeah, I, was, I, I started so, um, freaking... Um, what is his name? Oh my God, Dylan McDermott, Dylan something. Y- yeah, that's an actor. Yes, he was in the practice. Is that? Am I mixing up names here? Oh, don't ask me because I oh feel like no. there are certain actors in that uh, time period. Oh no. that I don't remember his name. Hold on, the practice. Uh-huh. Okay, are we gonna mock? Yes, oh Dylan no. McDermott. Yes. Okay. There's like. I feel like three guys that have very similar yes. names. Yes, and, and I like, oh, no. and I constantly <laughs> mess them all up. Um, so yeah. Uh, so Dylan McDermott was in the practice. He's like the bad guy in the new Law and Order. Oh, so I heard about this, and Lisa and Kara were a little like, don't know if they buy him in that role. He's it's really really hammy. Yeah, I, I think he's a little miscast for yes. something like that. What I've heard of. Yeah. I think he could be good at like a role like that, but I think this ro- the whole show. He's like pretty boy lawyer. That's yeah. what I see him as, yeah. or like cool stepdad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's a little too like like stereotypey, like yeah. organized mob well, stuff. What's so funny about the whole series is like uh, they want to bring Elliot back, fine, mm-hmm. but yep. they were also like to pc to make it more modern <laughs> so they were just like the mob yeah i guess he's going not that the mob aren't around please don't put a hit out on me <laughs> i know the mob are still out there still very effective mm-hmm. and all that stuff but it's a little dated it is um and it's like the it's like dated and also insane yeah <laughs> it's like it's like the pl- the whole plot of like the first the first like half of the se- like the first season is all about like like Dylan McDermott's whole scheme is about like stealing covid vaccines oh my god and like selling them on the black market 
That's so weird. It's so it's so strange. I was just like, okay, like this is very bizarre. It's so funny, like shows that recorded like Winter Soldier, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier mm-hmm. had a whole storyline about how these like this rebel group was stealing vaccines <laughs> to give to the poor, but then COVID happened. <laughs> so they clearly like cut a bunch of that from the storyline. Right. And then there's just a random moment where Bucky is on a truck and he goes, I have the vaccines. And you're <laughs> like, what, <laughs> what is this? They have vaccines on this truck apparently. But I guess there was like a whole storyline about them. Right. Like, distributing a vaccine in these like camps and they were like we have to cut all of this <laughs> no one wants to hear about this right now we're all in lockdown anyway those are our recommendations guys it's that time of the show let's all hold hands and cry <gasps> here's your bad news Let's talk about racism in sports. Oh. Yeah. So there's been a few stories this week that really illustrate um, the institutional racism in professional sports. So I thought we should talk about it. Um, I'm sure you heard about Naomi Osaka, all of the bullshit she was put through. I just want to remind everyone she's 23. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I always forget how young she is. She's one of the best tennis players in the world. We have previously talked about Naomi on this show because she's a badass and Mm -hmm. she uses her platform to um, discuss some recent instances of police brutality she would wear the names of police brutality victims on her masks when she was playing Mm -hmm. or other items of clothing um so she got into trouble recently because the french open is happening this month Mm -hmm. and part of the deal when you're a tennis player playing the front in the french open is you have to do press right Now, these press conferences can get a little bit much, and a lot of athletes, not just Naomi, a lot of tennis players have complained in the past that it gives them panic attacks, it causes anxiety before they have to play, and it's overall really bad for their mental health. So Naomi basically was like, I don't want to do it, because... I'm an athlete and my brain is part of my body. Right. And if I want to be in tip top shape to play, I can't be doing these stressful news conferences. And the French Open got pissed at her and fined her fifteen thousand dollars. And mm-hmm. she was like, Cool, 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 I'm leaving. Right. So she dropped out of the French Open and the French Open officials were pi- and still are pissed at her. Mm-hmm. Um I think she did the right thing. I think that, and also I do, the reason I'm putting this in the uh, racism category is it's the same shit that they did to the Williams sisters where they are scrutinized way more than the white players. Mm -hmm. They are quickly labeled too aggressive, mean if they stand up for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And they tried to... Um, I think it was Venus or was it Serena one of the Williams sisters was doing an interview and they tried to bait her with like what would you say to a young player like Naomi Osaka who is refusing to do the news conference and she literally was just like sounds like she did the right thing for her own (laughs) mental health and like refused to take the bait and it was like fuck yes yeah um 
But yeah, I, I totally sympathize with Naomi Osaka. I don't understand, and this is not just for tennis players, but like football players, basketball players. Why the fuck is doing the press thing part of your job? Yeah, that's what I didn't really get. Is like, And people are not sympathetic when players complain about that because they're like, shut up, you make millions of dollars. The least you can do is sit there and answer some questions. It's like, why? Th- you pay this person that much money to be excellent at their sport. Right. They do that. Why do they have to sit there and take shit from a reporter? Also, like, sports press conferences are easily the most boring thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, well, it's for a bunch of, like, bored people who have nothing going on in their lives who are like, I live for this sport, so now this athlete is my little avatar who I get to, like, see exploited by a bunch of, like, media people. It's like, why? She she plays her sets. I don't know anything about tennis. Can you tell? (laughs) She goes out there with her racket. She plays her little games. She plays her little. She hits the ball. (laughs) And then that's it. Yeah, I just like if you've ever watched, I mean, any sports press, I cannot recall. I'm sure there have been moments, but like every sports press conference is just like, hey, so what do you, how do you, why do you think you ended up losing? It's like, I don't know. Are you sad you lost? (laughs) Are you sad? It's like, like, yes. Well, why do you think you lost? Like, I don't. I don't. I didn't play my best. I guess you know. I'm just a little off. I don't. You know, they were better than me. I'm a human. Bad day. I guess you know. Um, or it's just like, what? What do you think contributed to victory? It's like, well, we, you know, we scored more points. I played good. um, You know, I'm good at this. We moved the ball down the court. (laughs) That's that's like all I remember from like basketball player conferences. We moved the ball effectively down the court. We gave it 100. We gave it 110 percent. Um. And scored more points. Every press conference is like that. It's just like, I did bad or I did good. And, like, why is that part of their job? (laughs) I really would like a a defense of that entire part Mm -hmm. of the industry. Right. Why is that a thing? (laughs) Um, And then the other story that happened this week that I'm sure you heard about, on Wednesday, the NFL pledged to halt the use of race norming. (laughs) And I saw a lot of people on Twitter like, I'm sorry, what? And I'm yeah. one of them, did not know this was a thing. Uh, race norming is when they assume black players start out with lower cognitive function. Mm-hmm. So when stuff like traumatic brain injuries come up and they are uh, doing medical research into that, they had uh, black players starting out at a lower cognitive function. So it was actually more difficult to diagnose or detect when they were having um, concussions or traumatic brain injuries because they assumed black people Mm -hmm. have a lower cognitive function than white players. And I'm just going to, spoiler alert, that's not true. Right. That's not a thing. That Mm. is uh, institutional racism. Right. And it's dangerous because it was limiting uh, uh, black players' access to effective medical care. Right. Basically because they did not want to pay <laughs> for all of the brain Correct. damage that was inflicted on their players. Um, because black players outnumber white players yes. in the NFL. So there are more of them, so it would have been very expensive to treat black players on the same level as white players about in regards to cognitive function. Yeah, essentially the NFL is like, they don't have brain damage, they started like that. Yeah, th- they, were, they had broken brains when they got here. Mm-hmm. So that was not That's on us. Um, so, uh, this is part of the one billion, with a B, 
dollar settlement of brain injury claims. And um, yeah, the uh, guys, you know, I, I don't like to shame people for enjoying um, organized sports. I get why people like it. I get there is a, a cultural aspect to it. Mm. You gather with your friends and family. It's a very tribal thing. I get it. Uh, the NFL is bad and you should not watch it. Yes. It's a evil sport. It's an evil franchise. Don't put your kids in football. Put them in soccer if you want them to get um, exercise or put them in jujitsu or something. Right. Where they're not getting repeatedly hit in the head. The first time I, I mean, I grew up I, I like tangentially watching football. And then like I was in band in high school. So obviously there was like, you know, watching a lot of football games. Mm -hmm. But like as an adult, the first time I saw like a football highlight where like, like somebody hit the other person like helmet to helmet I was like what the fuck is happening well that's the thing like we would be better off going back to rugby and getting rid of helmets the leatherheads we go back to the leatherheads yeah it, anything that's not yeah like two plastic yeah. helmets smashing because now they're finding out the helmets are actually contributing to the concussions well that's been a, a that's been a sort of like a like for a while it was not a contrarian but it was just like it's like one of those counterintuitive things where it's like, well, if they didn't have helmets, they probably would protect their head more. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, the reason I remember what people said in response to that was, but our football players are so big. Right. They need the extra padding. But it's mm. like, but not in their fucking heads. <laughs> like, you can make that argument like the rest of the body, I yeah. would say, but they're not going right. to smash their head. You're not going to run into somebody head first if you don't have a helmet on. <laughs> right. If you have a helmet on, you think you're protected. Right. You're exactly. more likely to go head first you like that. You are not protected. You're not protected. You have more mass on your head that can go smashing into your brain. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, the race norming thing, a lot of people were freaking out on Twitter because they had never, they didn't know about right. this. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's when we say like, you know, critical race theory has been in the news a lot. Yeah. Uh, we're both rolling our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can see us, but we're rolling our eyes a lot. I have a sociology degree. So, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Institutional racism, racism is at every level of our society. Yeah including our professional sports and race norming is a great example of that. Right. Um, where, yeah, maybe, maybe this wasn't purely uh, started because of racist motives. Maybe it was financial as you pointed out, Eric. Right. 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 But it's still racism. It all, yeah, it's all the same. Yeah. It all comes down. Right. To be a, yeah, I mean, it's not like this was like directed by Charles Murray or something. <laughs> right. But, it, but yeah, it's all the same thing. It's just like all of a sudden these black players are claiming brain damage and like, these like white executives have to be like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I think they were like that already. Right. Right. I and think th that, oh, that wasn't us. We didn't do that. And just because the, the origin of that is financial and not, yeah, like philosophical or it's political, all it's all connected. Yeah. It's all overlapping. It's all racism. Yeah. So finally, before we move on to good news, I wanted to talk about, uh, in a similar vein, uh, Simone Biles, who is, uh, the greatest living gymnast in the world. Um, I mean, living may not even need to be in that sentence. Of all time? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the International Gymnastics Federation recently watered down the value of a new element that Biles is planning to do at the World Championship. Um, so this means they are penalizing uh, the reigning world and Olympic champion, 
because she's too good. (laughs) (laughs) They were basically like, no one can do the move that you were planning to do. So it's not fair to the other players. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, 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 it's fair. She's the best in the world. She's just better than everyone. And you shouldn't pee. And it's so interesting to me because this... Doesn't this seem like catnip for the same people who were anti-participation <laughs> trophies? <laughs> yes. You think they would be the first right. to be like, don't penalize this person for being excellent. But because Simone's black, right. those people are not interested. And it reminded me of uh, Surya Bonnelly, who, mm. uh, if you yeah. are not familiar, uh, she was a French black figure skater. And she was the only person in the world... Uh, this includes men who could land a one uh, one footed backflip. Mm-hmm. She could do a bat f- backflip and she could land on one leg. There were a few men who could do a backflip and land on two feet. Right, right. But she was the only one who could land it on one foot. And because she was the only one, they banned the move. <laughs> and they said they banned it for safety, even right. though she had never fallen. She had never hurt herself. Mm-hmm. No one had ever hurt themselves attempting that move. Right. They said it was too dangerous. It was too uh, aggressive, too athletic. And they uh, they banned it. And she was not quiet about it when that happened. She said, um, you know, I'm not like a white, willowy uh, mm-hmm. figure skater they say I'm not graceful enough that I'm too athletic and it was clearly just them being racist so the Simone Biles thing really reminded me of that where it's like you're too good you're too good our little white gymnast can't keep up with you mm-hmm. so we're gonna penalize you for doing the move that only you can do <laughs> and it's like why if the goal of these competitions is to find the best gymnast right. clearly she's the best gymnast she's the only one in the world who can do this move yeah yeah I think we've argued about this before where I'm like, I don't think subjective scoring events should be even like Olympic events. It just seems so strange to me to like have like we're trying to find the best. Oh, you mean like marks for artistry and stuff like that? Well, just like even like in gymnastics, it's like they do a move and then it's like the judges have to give you a score. Right. And it's like, okay, like why? Right. right. You know what I mean? Like uh, there's certain like track and field stuff where it's like, you can that's measurable right well it makes sense when the competition's close right like right. if two gymnasts do uh, i don't know triple mm. whatever right <laughs> and they both land it but one wobbles on the landing yeah. at that point you have to start making like minute calculations yeah. not with Simone Biles right you exactly, could probably yeah. not have anybody score Simone and it's exactly. just like she is doing a move only she can do it is harder than any other move out there she gets gold right Sorry. Yeah, Sorry so to everybody else. Well, that's one of the reasons I, I, I like Simone a lot, which is like, that's very like, not, uh, that's not subjective. Yeah. It's like, she's just doing things that other people can't do. When did this article come out? Because I feel like this actually is, yeah. So this is old. So um, did you see her most recent competition uh, where she did land the yes, move? Yes, I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> something pike, double yes. pike, something. Tri- I, triple pike. I, I think it was, she did three uh, <laughs> flips. But she lands it so easily. Like, mm-hmm. even her coach just, like, shakes their head. Like, yeah. they're just like, we. what is the ceiling with you? We just <laughs> gave you a move that technically no human being should be able <laughs> right. to do. And you landed it pretty easily. Yeah. So, like, she's so exciting to watch, mm-hmm. you know, for that reason. It's like wi- watching Michael Jordan. It's like watching, right. you know, somebody at that level where it's like, God, she's still pretty young. And, like, what is she going to do next? And we should all be feeling really excited. Mm-hmm. And it's at that moment that people are trying to, like, 
take her light where they're just right, like right. you know we're not going to let you have the full value of this and it's like why aren't you celebrating this <laughs> athlete like why aren't you just like jumping up and down cheering when she lands right. shit like that like that should be so exciting for your sport but you're being such a jealous little bitch during this <laughs> like what should be a collective human right. celebration that she we're alive and we get to like watch her perform mm-hmm. Um, whatever. Y'all are shady. <laughs> On that note, here's your good news. In good news, I'm going to do something I don't think I've ever done before, and I'm going to shout out Texas. What? Yeah. So uh, at least I'm going to shout out Democrats in the State House of Representatives in Texas for walking out on uh, this vote um, that happened, I think, on Sunday night. Yeah. Um, And while this victory might be short-lived... Um, I wanted to shout out the Democrats because they uh, walked out when the Republicans were on the verge of passing one of the most restrictive new voting laws in the country. Um, And because they walked out, they denied Republicans a quorum and they killed the legislation. This is very cool. Um, Every time something like this happens, it cracks me up at how insane our political system is <laughs> there was a story a couple of years ago not a couple of years ago probably a lot of years ago but there was like the one story where like i think it was illinois it might have been illinois where like democrats in illinois like drove across the state line and hid in a hotel so they couldn't like the cops couldn't come force them to come back and vote or right something. i remember yeah, yeah yeah and they were like hiding out in a hotel across state lines it's just like this is our political system like this is insane but it's so fun to watch um, and it's awesome that they did it. Yeah, I, I'm so glad they did because if you were unfamiliar, the final version of the bill that Republicans were trying to force through is insane. Mm-hmm. It would have put new ID requirements in place for voting by mail, um, block election officials from sending unsolicited mail-in ballot applications, but it went even further than that. It was like, if you send unsolicited mail-in ballot applications, you can go to jail. <laughs> right. Um, bar drop boxes, 24-hour and drive-through voting, conti- curtailed early voting on Sundays, which I want to talk about a little bit, because black churches are really effective mm-hmm. at organizing people to not only go vote, but to like pick people up and help right. them go vote. And guess which day they do that on? <laughs> they do it on fucking Sundays. Not everybody can get a day off from work, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, or even if they can, like you. Your work doesn't have to pay you to go right, vote. Right, right. So even if you could get the time, that's like another argument people are just like, yeah, you legally, your work has to let you off. It's like, okay, well, I don't want to take a whole day off work unpaid to go vote. Right, right. Um, but, you know, like, this is classic Republican maneuvering. Just make it as difficult for black people as possible <laughs> because black people historically vote Democrat. Um, so not only the d- did the Democrats do this big walkout, they used the moment the bill failed to call on their counterparts in the U.S. Senate to p- uh, pass the Vote for the People Act, mm-hmm. which is an expansive bill that would set national standards for voting, including requirements for early voting, automatic and same-day registration, as well as limit excessive manipulation of political districts for partisan gain. 
They also called on Democrats to pass a separate bill that would reinstate a provision in the Voting Rights Act requiring certain places where there is significant evidence of voting discrimination to have voting changes pre-cleared by the federal government. So even more meaningful, they used this moment to basically be like, yes, let's pass this expansive bill, but let's also go back and fix the voting. What, not that the Voting Rights Act needed to be fixed, but when uh, it was overthrown by the Supreme Court, <laughs> right. let's go back and fix that too. Right. Yeah, I kind of always just assumed the voting uh, laws in Texas were like, if you vote for a Democrat, legally we can shoot you. <laughs> right. I just kind of assumed that was in the in the bill. There's a great photo that I'll post on our Instagram, but it's Gary uh, Bledsoe, president of the Texas NAACP, <laughs> and he's wearing a fucking cowboy <laughs> 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 Look at this dude. He is just giving it to them. Hell yeah. Um, but it was a very cool moment. And um, yeah, you know, like maybe if you were like with your Democratic peers in say like, I don't know, New York, and you walked out... <laughs> And he is trying to give kisses. <laughs> um, maybe not a huge act of bravery. Yeah, right. still like pretty brave. But right. like, you know that you're reasonably safe. Right. In Texas, doing <laughs> this, what a bunch of badasses. Right. So um, put it in the good news section. It was very encouraging to see it happen in Texas of all places. I also highly recommend if people are ever like, I don't know, confused or interested in like tr trying to be able to explain like how these things work uh, in terms of like how they curtail certain things for voting rights. There was a big kerfuffle in North Carolina a couple of years ago where they like were trying to restrict like early voting and, and stuff like that. And they literally spelled out in the, um, the research uh, like the Republicans were using were like, yes, like in their d official documents was like, um, we need to repeal early voting because more minorities early vote. Oh, yeah. It was North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they were super blatant about it. Yeah. They were yeah. just like, yeah, it's it's unfair because more minorities early vote. That's so how you know they feel very comfortable. when they, <laughs> It's not even a dog whistle anymore. Right. They were just like, we've got to stop the black people. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, can we just say that now? <laughs> um, so how do you want to end the good news section? Would you rather talk about vaccines or would you rather make fun of Trump's little blog? Oh... Let's talk about Trump's little Okay, blog. great. I was hoping you would say that. Let's talk about his little... His little, his little failure of an experiment. <laughs> so, blog. obviously, we are in the good news section. So, the news is that 29 days <laughs> after it was launched, Donald Trump's little blog, as it'll officially be known <laughs> from now on, Trump once hailed by his fans as his triumphant return to the internet, was taken down. Wah, wah. It's so... It was... True. It was what's so funny to me about about Trump's little blog is that it was like truly a blog. Yeah, it was called from the desk of Donald J. Trump. And uh, yeah, it was basically just his dumb Twitter rants, but like fleshed out a little bit more mm -hmm. into blog. And what's so yeah, what's so funny about it is blogs aren't a thing anymore. <laughs> like nobody blogs anymore. Um, so. I, I have to dampen the mood a little bit by mentioning, uh, did you see that Facebook specified that his ban will only last until 2023? Yeah, yeah, so it'll be in time for if he wants yes. to make another run yeah. at the presidency. 
So that sucks because obviously that will be a, a way more effective platform for him than um, from the desk of Donald <laughs> J. Trump. Yeah, his his like his little his little like Trump thoughts were like, it oh, truly, like, God, Desi's coming over the top happening. of the chair. Oh, Jesus. OK, he made it Um, is like some of those. It truly read like a live journal. Eric is just covered by cats. I don't cats. know what's happening. This is why I can't have people come over. <laughs> I can't have guests or alive because this is insane. Um, <laughs> if this becomes unbearable at any point, just let me know and I will oh, we're good. deal with it. Um, now they're both on my lap. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like. It had like real like live journal like vibes. Yes. It was like it was just like very official looking like from the desk of Donald J. Trump. This little bitch. Like. So my theory is that he originally did have big plans to like launch a network or something. Mm. And a lot of the people who would have backed him in those endeavors um, ran for the fucking hills yes. after the January 9th <laughs> Capitol riot. January 6th. Uh, ja- oh, sorry. January yeah. 6th. Uh, because forget. he is <laughs> fucking toxic now. And yeah. like the name Trump is not worth anything anymore yeah and there there were i mean and and after january 6th i think a lot of um there are a lot of conservatives that are also mad at him Mm -hmm. because like um a he kind of gave up after like january 6th yeah that really took a lot of a wind out of his (laughs) sail you can even see like in photographs of him now he just looks like I mean, he's old, you know. I mean, he's just—he's like every fucking like. I mean, he was like this as president too, but he's like every fucking old spray tan, retired ass Florida like. Yeah, like and like I think beach. he thought a lot of this was going to be fun. It's not fun. It's yeah. just hard work, and he's like, I don't want to do hard work. Yeah, and also he's going to be in court for the rest of his life. Like, right. the attorney general in New York is yeah. not going to leave him alone no, ever no. He, until the, he's fucking dead, yeah, and they, he knows it. Yep. Um, and his little crappy kids, I don't like, like Ivanka had a whole plan for what she was going <laughs> to do with her brand. That's not going to happen. No, that's all over. Um, and I, and he, like a lot of conservatives like dropped him because like, like when the whole like parlor thing happened, like they really thought like he was going to hop on parlor and yeah. like be their savior. And he, like, as soon as January 6th happened and it was like clear that he was going to have to leave office, he was just like, all right, peace. I'm out. Yeah. Cause it, it was never about him. Like if right. he's going to do anything, he has to be the star. He's right. not going to hop on a brand that already exists. Exactly. So like parlor was already a thing. It right. was not about Donald Trump. He wanted it. Like he wanted a network that was built around him. And then when it was clear that the network thing wasn't going to happen, that like a radio show wasn't going to happen. Then he was like, I well, I have to do something. It was incredibly funny to watch a bunch of people melt down and like I don't understand. Like, why isn't he fighting for us? And it's like it's literally he care about you. Never been about you. He doesn't give a shit about you. His whole run in 2016 was never about a movement no. or anybody else. It was always about him. Yeah. That's in fact, we should be very afraid when a conservative does show up who is concerned about the movement because yes. they will actually be dangerous. Well, now they have the playbook. Right. right. And right. so it's yeah. So if they are in any way like intelligent or articulate or capable, heaven forbid they're military. Right. Like they will actually be dangerous. Yes. Somebody who like can show up and look good in like a general suit, right. that will be scary. <laughs> Trump is a clown. 
But he showed that, like, you know, there are a lot of very angry people. There was a, a full-on attempt at an insurrection. Yeah, so he had, like, a populist, like, a right populist, like, base. But he wasn't, like, a leader for the base. He He's was just a, a megalomaniac. Yeah. and Total who, like, narcissist. Riled up a bunch of people. And to your point, like, what you have to be worried about is the populist leader who actually buys into it who believes in the cause right yeah because then that's like a person who can really really inspire individuals and will have like (laughs) a lasting legacy and i think trump's legacy is just going to be he's a grifter you know he's if ever grifter has ever applied to a person it's donald j from the desk of donald (laughs) j trump but yeah his like it's it's just so funny to watch his like his complete implosion implosion just complete down and it happened overnight basically it was basically like if the january 6 riot is successful right we are now under a dictatorship of <laughs> donald j trump right if it is not successful he's gone tomorrow yeah. it was literally like a knife's edge moment right. where it was like that it's like what is because i remember when the the capital riot was happening mm-hmm. my thing was i was like how many of the police officers knew about it right. how many of them are on the side of the rioters right. like to me that was like i don't know how deep this goes and right. then we found out you know there were elected officials who knew it was going to happen mm-hmm. who were helping facilitate it right. so it, it did run deep right but like i didn't know what the officers were going to do right. and then like there was footage of the officers like some of them fighting them and i was like mm-hmm. okay so it's not like fully an insurrection yet. right 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 um and then you know obviously it it chilled the fuck out yeah and now a lot of those guys might be going away for a little bit <laughs> um but yeah there was that moment where i was like okay either he's like a, a now an authoritarian dictator right. or he's a total joke it's just so funny to me that like it's it, like like pre-presidency he had like a massive brand and he was just like a goofy dude that people made fun of. Mm-hmm. It's like some people liked him or whatever. Most people are just like, eh, it's the goof from the apprentice. This is hilarious. He is, he talks funny and he's got like gold buildings or whatever. And everybody's just kind of like, okay, who gives a shit? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, I think he thought like, I'll be president mm-hmm. and then it'll just like, skyrocket everything yeah my brand my brand will fly. Uh, my brand will be diamond encrusted right. for the rest of time right right like i'll i'll own everything we'll we'll get to we'll get the irs off our backs we'll right. have so much money we'll pay them off yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, like you know and then it was just like it just like went downhill for four years and then <coughs> he gave up and now he has nothing i mean he has nothing he has nothing and I mean, he won't, but if he was, like, a normal person, could go to jail for 50 years for tax fraud. <laughs> Easy. Just on tax fraud. Yeah. Um, not in addition to the shady shit the Trump organization was doing. Like, mm-hmm. all of that shit. Like, just tack on years and years and years. <laughs> a part of me really thinks he thought he would, like, get into the presidency and be able to just, like, go to the IRS building and, like, tear up his tax records. I, I truly <laughs> think that was part of it. I think he was like, I'll be so famous and so powerful i'll be untouchable right and then the re-election was about i have to stay here because if these people come for me when i'm a civilian again right i'll have no power to stop them right so i have to be president mm-hmm. um and it was uh, yeah again about <laughs> protecting the brand and now he's just fucked. <laughs> i just like there's something so funny to me that you know just like trump like wandering into the irs office just like hmm, show me the files please. <laughs> right. 
I mean, this is the danger of like doing things for the lulls, right? <laughs> Where it was like, yeah, the the guy from WWE, that's hilarious. Like the guy from The Apprentice, it'll be so funny. It always reminds me of like Roger Rabbit. You know, <laughs> you're always laughing, yeah. laughing at nothing. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like there is very like I I'm sure some people take this very seriously, but like. The like Trump presidency followed by like the rise of cryptocurrency and just like it's not real. Everything feels it's insane. not real. I know you think you're making a killing <laughs> and everything's great and maybe you will make some money and you know go with God. None of it's real. Right. Like it's like the cr- the the crypto rise was like bad enough and then like when Dogecoin happened, I was like, get I get ble- out. I am moving to the mountains. Mm-hmm. And I will never talk to another member of society. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> like I think about it a lot. We're like, <laughs> I was talking with my friend the other day and she's from Texas. And she's like, you know, we could just like buy up a little rural community. And like a bunch of us could just go down and start up. And I was like, is this a cult? <laughs> is this why people join cults? Maybe. Yeah. Honestly, like I saw a documentary one time about like those like Mormon camps in Mexico. Great, sounds Didn't good. Didn't seem that Sold. bad. I'll sign. I'll sign for it. Sight unseen. <laughs> Truly, if if there was somebody who's like, I found a place where like we can be our own little community, community and grow our own food, and we have internet and like, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Are you kidding? And I'm not gonna pay like an arm and a leg for rent every month here. <laughs> Faith and I went to Asheville, North Carolina yeah. for a weekend and we stayed at like this like it's, it wasn't a cabin. It was just like a house, but like a cool house, like yeah. in the middle of the woods. Is it nice? Yes. Yeah. And there were neighbors on her road, but it, it was like we, we used that site Verbo. And but like there were like neighbors, but it was just like the house was completely covered by trees. What so the you fuck see is the Verbo? It's like. It's like Airbnb, but it's for specifically like rural communities. It's supposed to be for like yeah, like cabins in the woods. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know. know that was a thing. I would yeah. have just used Airbnb. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's supposed supposed to be specifically for like. Th- I mean, a lot of people use it for like everything now. Right. Um, but like it's specifically supposed to be for like outdoor cabins or like going to like the wilderness or whatever. Okay, but, this is good to know. Um, but yeah, we went and it was just like, it was. Like, just the first time of, like, stepping out of the house and, like, I truly couldn't see the neighbors. I was just surrounded by trees. I was Love like, it. this is, yeah. we Love it. I am constantly surrounded by assholes <laughs> wherever I go. No matter. I'll, like, leave the apartment at 6 o'clock in the morning and go for a walk through yes. the park. And I'm running into people. I, and I'm like, why the fuck are you out right now? That I had that moment actually today as I was coming here. The place where I'm staying, there's six apartments in the building and i think two of them are empty and i walked out of sure these people aren't rich they sound rich (laughs) six apartment complexes no no, it's like a it's like a building with six apartments in it is what i'm saying like a brownstone uh no not a brownstone it's just like uh it's just like a little building in in like i think they're rich continue um but like uh but like I walked out of the apartment and I think like two of the six apartments are empty and I walked out and I heard someone else in the hallway. The I was like, are you, are you kidding? Fucking me? kidding. Are me? you kidding me right now? <laughs> like they don't have the right to be there. You're just like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. I was just like, how is this possible? There's another person out here right now. I go to walk the dog at like 11 PM. 
people are on the sidewalk. I was like, how? Get <laughs> fucked. Get fucked Get is what I want to say. Fucked. How is it like? How dare you be on the same block as me right now? I love that we spent 10 minutes calling Trump a narcissist. And we're like, <laughs> how dare you be in my space? I just like, it's just like being away from New York has just exacerbated all this stuff. I'm just like, how is it possible? Oh, I don't have like a healthy sense of boundaries because mm-hmm. I've lived here so long. Yeah. I get freaked out if shit is too quiet, if I don't (laughs) see... Like, during the lockdown, uh, there were a couple days where I would go for a park walk and I didn't see people, and that freaked me out. Oh, yeah. Where I was like, where... Where'd they go? Where <laughs> and then I would see one other person at like the far end of the park. Right. Like, okay. All right. There's still people. There's still people. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm broken forever. Eric, thank you for being my first guest in the yes. new apartment post lockdown. It's been over a year. So I fun. do think you were one of the last guests in person pre lockdown. So. Yeah. It's like either you or Chloe. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like somebody I was living with. Right. Um, but yeah, we're back, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Please follow us on the socials, uh, pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Go to patreon.com for as little as $5 a month. You can sign up to support the show. That's why you don't hear any ads. That's how I'm able to pay lovely co-hosts like Eric. Do you have anything you want to plug? Oh no! I'm trying to get I don't to the woods. Do anything. I'm trying. I'm not doing anything. I'm trying to trying to move to the Listen, woods. Listen, let's go. If you guys go to the woods, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta stay in contact. You gotta let me know. Yes. Because I may also want to go to the woods one day. We can have a little woods compound. Let's let's fucking do the compound thing. <laughs> I'm not really kidding. Oh, I'm so not kidding. We'll stay in communication. <laughs> yes. Um, and then yeah, if you guys would like to continue to listen to the show until I go to the compound, um, and keep it ad free. You can do that at my Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you can send questions, comments, recommendations, all of that good stuff. Thanks so much for listening. And while you're at it, oh, if you're vaccinated, get out there and cause a little trouble. 